uh, as far as I'm concerned, is, is uh, a message for spiritual warfare. Uh, because the whole thing that we're dealing with as believers is to deal with sin. Sin is the issue here. Uh, becoming saved is because of sin. Uh, we want to get away from sin. But many times people get saved and uh, a lot of they get free from some things in their lives and then there are some habits or things that get stuck to them and they don't know how to shake it off or they get into some things and they just feel, well, this, this is the way I am. There's no way I can ever change or I have this addiction. How am I going to be free from this addiction? And uh, we have all kinds of things done in the soulish realm to help people cope with the addiction. But Jesus didn't come to help us cope. He came to free us from the addiction. And his word is what frees us from all of that. So I like to always go back to these scriptures carefully so we can study it together and the word of God is established in your heart so you can know how to free yourself from whatever Satan wants to put uh, on your life. The title of the message is Don't Let Sin Reign. Don't let sin reign. You know, many of you have heard this, you know, uh, we sin every day. You heard that before? We sin every day. We are all sinners. We sin every day. That's not a confession for you. You should never call yourself a sinner. Not after you have been saved. That's not what God calls you. So if you call yourself what God is not calling you, you're saying that's who you are. But God doesn't call you that. And you can go through the scriptures beginning from Romans. Paul never referred to us as sinners. He referred to us as saints. To the saints in Rome. To the saints in Ephesus. To the same saints in uh, uh, Colossians. That's in the Colossians. That's the way he addressed us. We should never refer to ourselves as sinners. We were sinners. But now we are no longer sinners. We don't belong to that club anymore. God has transformed us. He's taken us from the kingdom of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his son. So you are in a new kingdom. You are not a sinner. You are a child of God. A sinner cannot be a child of God. You are a child of God and you have been saved. That's the word we say, use. We have been saved from sin. We are saved from it, separated from sin. Your sin is no longer part of your life. So you can't claim that you are what God has separated you from. So that's the important thing here. You know, I heard about the story of uh, Lester Summerall. Some of you all know Lester Summerall. A great man of God. He's going to be with the Lord now. A great missionary. And uh, he was traveling for the first time to uh, Philippines to do missionary work. And in those days, no planes. So you can tell how old <laughs> this story has been. No planes. You have to go by ship. And, they, you know, you travel for weeks, you know, before you get there. And uh, that was his first trip to the Philippines to do missionary work. And uh, uh, on that same ship was uh, a Baptist minister 
that was going to the, to, to the Philippines for missionary work as well. And so Lester was really glad to have uh, a brother. He was Pentecostal, but he was a Baptist minister. So he said, brother, we are both going to the Philippines to do the same work. And we have nowhere to go. So let's just have fellowship. In the morning, let's get together. One day, I'll bring the word of God and share with you. And, and uh, we fellowship over the word of God. And the next day will be your turn. The guy said, that great. And so they met every day to, to you know, break the bread from the word of God. And uh, Lester will share with him how God has freed us from sin. And then I'll ask him to pray. He'll pray and say, well, God, uh, forgive us for our many sins that we sin every day. For God, we sin every day, and he'll pray that way and, and ask God to forgive, and in Jesus' name, amen. The next day, Lester will come with a different message, <laughs> trying to share with him, we are no longer sinners, we don't sin every day, and he will thank God for their freedom, for their freedom, we have been separated from sin and all of that, and they will pray, and then the following day will be the pastor, the Baptist pastor's turn. And he'll go again, God forgive us for our many sins. We sin every day. You know how evil we are and all of that. And Lester was getting frustrated by the minute. One day he cornered him and says, you have, you, have, you have to tell me something is wrong. I thought you were my friend. The guy said, what are you talking about? He says, I thought you were my friend. You have been having an affair with my wife. <laughs> and, and he said, what? And uh, the guy said, what are you talking about? He said, both of us are here. I don't see you doing anything in secret. I see you every day, but you confess that you sin every day. And I've watched you. I can't see what else you're doing, except that this is what I think you're doing. The guy said, no, 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 no. I, I'm not doing that. And he said, okay, what are you doing? You must be doing something in secret, in sin, because you can't go anywhere. We're all in the ship here, and we're together for the most part, except when we go secret. You must be doing something. So he denied it. He said, well, we were taught to pray that way. <laughs> that's how I, that's why I pray that way. But well, you're lying then. Because you don't sin every day. The point of the message is we have to understand that God has separated us from sin. And we have to believe that. Everything that we do in Christianity is by faith. None of us is righteous on our own. We have the righteousness that is of faith. And we must accept that. In John chapter 8 verse 34, Jesus said to the, uh, the Jews... Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. What Jesus is saying, anyone who is practicing sin, anyone who continues to sin is a slave of sin. So really, when sin is a part of your life, you are in the spirit realm a slave. You may be, you may think you're free in the natural world, but really you are a slave. I've actually watched people who are 
you know, who are given to smoking. Don't know too much about that. But it, 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 sometimes in the middle of the night, they have that urge. They can go to sleep. They've got to have it. <laughs> you just have to. You just have to. You just have to have it. I mean, there's no sleep. You're restless. You're fidgeting. And, and, and sometimes you drive for miles just to get this little thing. Who is the master here? You want to go to sleep, you want to rest, but there's something that's coming to your life that's holding you back. And that ought not to be. God doesn't condemn you, but God has a solution for that. If you will receive the medicine, God can free you. There's nothing that's impossible with God. Now, if there's nothing, Paul said, I will be a slave to nothing. I can give up anything. I will not be controlled by anything. So, Jesus said, if you are sinning, then you are truly a slave of sin. Now, in John chapter, First uh, John chapter 3, verse 7 through 9, it says, Little children, let no one deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. So the question now is practicing. If you are practicing righteousness, you are righteous just as he is righteous. That's why he is practicing righteousness. If you are righteous, you will practice righteousness. So let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He who sins or he who practices sin is of the devil. That's why you practice sin. Basically, he's saying this is the way you can identify people. If they are practicing sin, there's no question about it. This guy is of the devil. He's just showing you by what he's doing who he really is. So if, he pra- if he's practicing sin, he's of the devil. It says the reason for that, the devil has sinned from the beginning. For, the purpose, for this purpose, because of the sin... For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So what's the works of the devil? Sin. Jesus came, he was manifested to destroy that in my life and in your life. And he has. All we need to do is believe it and call it to be so. He has destroyed the power of sin in our lives. If we sin as believers, as Christians, and you and I, is we want to do it. Is it something we just want to go, we want to do? Now, that doesn't mean you are not a Christian because we're talking about practice. Practice. But I do know when I do wrong, I, I'm doing it. And when I've cast myself, I, I, this, is, this is stupid. You know, there was a time in my life uh, if you caught in front of me while I'm driving, <laughs> I get very angry. And I feel justified. I think myself, he's going to kill me, and I get very, very angry. Now I don't put, do something crazy, but I can tell I'm angry. If you're in the car with me, you know I'm angry. <laughs> but I told myself after a while, this is, no, this is stupid, you know. The guy is cool driving away. And here I am screaming my head over mad. I, I don't want to do this anymore, okay? I'm going to put a stop to it. Do I have to pray? I have the power to stop. You know, I reason it out. 
I'm a child of God. This doesn't become a child of God. I don't need to do this. I don't want to do that anymore. I got the power. You understand what I'm saying? God has given me that grace. He has given multiplied grace upon every one of our lives. So we can't be free. If I want to continue, I'll justify it. And, and continue to do that. And God will let you do it. But he'll destroy and frustrate the grace of God in your life. And what happens after that is, once you open this door, guess what happens? It generalizes to some other thing. And then another thing. And before long, you are practicing. (laughs) You may not be an expert yet, but you're practicing. You're beginning to practice. But that's what he's saying. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. I believe Jesus did not die in vain. If I could free myself, then there was no reason for him to come. But since he has come and has been on the cross, the way he suffered, his blood was shed, I can be free. Nothing can stop me from being free. I can be free. If I'm not free, then I don't want to be free. But I guarantee every time a child of God wants to be free from anything, they really want to be free, they ask God, the freedom comes. God will free you. Because Satan knows the back of. He is, of course, the original sin. <laughs> he starts, it's all started from him. Adam sinned in the garden, but he started with Satan before Adam. And so we can be free. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So really, if you abide in Christ, and you allow this word of God the truth of the word of God to abide in you, the consequence of that is freedom. It's only when Christians begin to argue and and protect the sin in the life, that's where God doesn't have an access to it, to purge them from it. He came as a refiner's fire to burn sin and to refine us and to cleanse us. And he is still doing that today. He can free any man from sin unless you entertain it in your heart and you're willing to cooperate. A Christian is truly free from the power of sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 20 through 22 I like this scripture very well. Notice where we started. It says, he who commits sin is what? A slave of sin. But this is curious here. And you, you lash on to things that God opens up, you know, to you. He says in verse 20, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. The word where there says you are no longer, right? You are no longer a slave. So you shouldn't continue in sin. This is why I'm preaching this message tonight. So you believe that God doesn't see you as a slave of sin anymore. 
you were a slave of sin. He who commits sin, Jesus says, he's a slave of sin. But now that you have received Christ, God says, you are no longer a slave of sin. You were a slave of sin. You're no longer a sinner. You were a sinner. And if you call yourself a sinner, then sin will have right over you because the way you you accepted Christ and your salvation is by the confession of your mouth and the belief that you have in your heart. Romans chapter 10 makes it clear. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. You believed unto righteousness. You didn't walk unto righteousness. You believed unto righteousness. And with your mouth, you made confession and the confession brought you salvation. Your faith brought you righteousness. Your mouth brought you freedom, salvation. So when you call yourself a sinner, guess what you've just done? And where it's coming from? What you believe in your heart. And when you speak it from your mouth, that's who you are. So I'm no longer surprised at what you're doing. And what you are practicing in your life because you believe that way. But that's not what the scripture says. He who commits sin is a slave of sin. But now Romans chapter 6 verse 20 says, You were, before you met Christ, you were a slave of sin. But now you are no longer a slave of sin. You are a slave of righteousness. And what God is saying is believe that from the heart. And speak that from your mouth. And when sin comes against you, or there is an addiction, you begin to stay with the word. Because the Bible says, if my words abide in you, okay? The same word we're reading now. The same word that says you were a slave of sin. So you refuse. You let that word abide in you. I'm not a slave of sin. Yes, the symptoms on the outward and what I'm feeling, that's all fleshly, says... I'm still in this type of predicament. But the word of God, that's like a hammer, is pounding inside my heart. And at that issue saying, I'm no longer a slave of sin. Jesus made me free. So that's knowing the truth. It says, for you were slaves of sin. You were free when you were slaves of sin. You were free in regards to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is dead. But now, again, I like to go there. But now, that's where you seated. Now, this present time. Now, having been set free from sin. This is the truth. You have been. You have been. There was a time when you were not. The reason why this is so important is if you constantly feel like you are a sinner, you can't really trust God for anything. You can't believe him. You're not sure how close he is to you and how good he may be to you. You don't understand it because this thing has a way of making everything, Christianity, very cloudy. And you'll be to and fro. Never sure of who you are in Christ. This is the cross of it. To be free from that sin consciousness. You know, these are scriptures we're reading primarily now from Romans chapter 6, right? You can go to Romans chapter 7, and then from Romans chapter 7, it goes to Romans chapter 8, and in chapter 8 verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation. 
to them that are in Christ. So when you understand all of these things, even though you know what's being in your life, you can now be free from condemnation because you know you're a child of God. And you're free to come into His presence and worship Him with that freedom. You know, you can't will that on your life. You, you, you don't have what it takes. It takes only one thing. Knowing the truth, abiding in the truth, believing in the truth, and speaking the truth, and acting on it. You are not a forgetful hearer. If you are not a forgetful hearer, the Bible says that man will be blessed. Because you accept what he said. In the natural, it doesn't make sense, right? You don't even feel different. But if you accept the truth, by and by, your life is going to be transformed. No doubt about it. It's the word of God that washes us. No one will prevail through strength. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the spirit of God. And the Spirit of God works through the Word of God. And once you receive a doctrine like this, we're coming to that, and you begin to accept it, sin will just begin to disappear from your life. Your actions, your attitude will begin to change for the better. You do something and your conscience will, that's not me. Okay? This got to stop. And you get free from that. So that's what the Word says. God has granted that to us, to be free. He granted us that. Every human being who will believe has been granted freedom. There was a time in my life where I thought, you know, how could I ever be free? You know, I'm not even sure if God really cares about what's going on or I might have gone too far. Because I had a lot of, and I share with people openly, I had a lot of demonic problems from my background. Uh, they were very, very rough. They were very rough days. I didn't know whether, you know, some, they, my friend, but eventually told me, you're a Christian. I said, yeah, but why, if I'm a Christian and God is in my life, how come I have all these movements in my body? How come these demons are manifesting around me? <laughs> what you're telling me doesn't make sense. And I stayed that way for a while. But then I decided... I guess after I realized from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. I I had been filled with the Holy Spirit, but when I felt all those things in my body, I said, how can I differentiate when it's God or the devil? I know which one is moving, you know? But then I made up my mind. I will fight. I will speak in tongues. Even if I die, let me die. I spoke in tongues. I said, in those days, they want to do it today about an hour every day. I wake up very early and I keep my hour. I knew people would come to me, so I wake up really early before anybody shows up and put my hour in speaking in tongues. I hardly prayed in English because I found out from the Word of God that it says, but you, beloved, Jude one twenty, you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So I started doing that. And in those days, the more I did it, the manifestation from my past would come and tell me, you're still in trouble. You're not going to be free from all of this. I say, keep it up. Then I won't quit speaking in tongues. It all left. Amen? 
I got totally free. No fear anymore. Don't concern myself over those things anymore. I have freed. I had to get myself freed from all of those things. From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The thing is, you believe the word of God and begin to act. Use that word to change things in your life because the word will not return to him void. God has granted you. Let me let you know this. God has granted me. God has granted you to be free from any and every addiction. If you want to be. You can be free. I know that. And I've experienced that. You can be free from anything. Even if the devil appears in your room and he's doing it every night, you can put a stop to it as a child of God. You can. Once you believe the word and you take your stand, they'll back off. I don't care if it's the devil himself, he'll back off. He'll back off. Sin, sickness, they'll back off. If you will take your stand based on the word. It's really hard when you're down. But if you keep crying when you're down, before long you'll be up, standing. Because the devil is going to back off. But if you're down and stay down and keep complaining and, and crying out, then it means you don't know that God has granted you to be free first from fear. Once you have received Christ, God doesn't condemn you. The problems in your life is not from him. He wants to free you from them. He is on your side. You better know that and then stand on his side so that you can fight. He will be your captain, but you will be victorious. Nobody can stop you. Bless you. The day you quit, he says it's over. But if you continue to fight, you will be free. Totally free. Nothing can hold you back. God has granted that. Now Luke chapter 1. This is a prophecy from John the Baptist. That Zechariah. You remember the angel appeared to him. And he couldn't speak. And I think he had a lot of time to meditate. Nine months to meditate. right? <laughs> to think about what he had done. By not believing. Can you see how unbelief can really hurt us? And how God closed his mouth because he could talk out of a miracle. And God says, you started this way, you start going. I don't, I'm going to shut you up. <laughs> You're not going to speak. I don't trust you. From what you just said, uh, uh, this, boy, this boy that I want born into the world would not come if I let you speak. So he shut his mouth up. He could only think about what was going on. I think that was miracle enough for him to change his thinking. Amen. And he stayed. But after John was born, his voice came back. I mean, he's had a lot that the Holy Spirit had put inside of him. Amen. And he meditated a lot. And he started speaking great. And this is, this is what he said. This is really exciting. You know, I love this story about Christmas time. Amen. That's, this is one of my favorite Christmas messages. Huh? This, what he said here. About Jesus, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our, to our father Abraham. So this is a promise. This was an oath that God took. And your father is Abraham today. And God swore. What is this promise? To grant to us, everybody say to us, 
to grant to us, this is what God swore about, to grant to us that we being delivered from the hands of our enemies. We are going to be delivered from the hands of every enemy of our lives. That's what the word says. Might serve him without fear. In what? Holiness. God has granted us. When God grants something, it's granted. Who's going to stand in his way? He granted us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness. That's right standing. He's granted us before him. How many days of our lives? All the days of our lives. He granted that. When I found that scriptures, I was re- that scripture, I was really excited. He's granted me to have a holy life all the days of my life. Will I ever sin? Yeah. But he's granted for me to be always free from that and to have a right standing with him where I can't be caught. This is practice of sin. You understand what I'm saying with you? It's a constant thing. And, and after he just, people who practice sin, they love it. I mean, it's part of their lives. I, I remember the way before I got saved. It's, it's something they're not sh- ashamed of, you know? They're not ashamed of it. it, it tell, excuse you. Have you been around people, you know, you, if you tr- fly and you're sitting by somebody, they're cursing and everything, and then, uh, and then uh, they finally say, what do you do for a living? And you say, well, I'm a pastor. He says, oh, my God, what have I been doing? Cursing around the holy man, you know. And then all of a sudden they get very religious and they're talking about things of God. But because they've been saying all kinds of bad words before a pastor, you know. <laughs> And if they're a, if a it's a Catholic person, he feels really bad. <laughs> uh, but the truth is, God has granted us to be totally free. And we can serve him without fear. And the principle behind that is the fact that, I put it this way, dead people don't sin. Dead people don't sin. If you are dead and you are still drinking, something is wrong. <laughs> dead people don't sin. That's the way God puts it. And the way you need to understand it in God's mind, in the spirit realm, the old person before Christ came is dead. That's not you living. Yes, what you see today is you. Physically, but the real spirit inside of you, the one that I'm looking at, that's your flesh, but the real person that is living, using your mind, the real you, that's not the old one. That one died. And until you understand that, that's why Jesus said that these things are hidden from those people who are of the world. And he says, because if once they know it, then I, will, I should heal them. In other words, I should make them free. If you understand that, then you are totally free. I didn't have the scripture, but um, try Ezekiel chapter 36. Verse... Uh, 25 
Ezekiel 36, verse 25, 26. It says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and and put a new spirit within you. Now, what you need to understand is when God uses the word spirit, he's talking about the real person that you are. You are a spirit. So when God says, I will put a new spirit in you, meaning the old spirit is taken out, the old you is taken out, and a new spirit is placed inside of you, your heart is your spirit. So it says, then I will sprinkle you with clean water. Verse 30 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit, notice he gives you a new spirit, right? And then he tells you, he will put my spirit, so there is your spirit, which is the new you, the old one is taken out, the new one is put, a new person is in you, but apart from that, he will also put his own spirit inside of you, and I will put my spirit within you and curse you, to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. So he will take that stony heart out of you. The stony heart was the one that was unregenerated, unsaved. He took that out through the death of the cross. That was separated. Paul calls it the old man. He said the old man was taken out. The old man was crucified with Christ. And you have a new man placed inside of you by God. God said, I will. That's very strong language, right? I will take the stony heart out of you and I will give you a new heart. I will remove the old spirit and I'll put a new spirit, which is your new human being, your human self, coming into you. The outward is still the same, but your spirit is different. But the problem is people don't recognize that. They keep claiming the old self. And that keeps manifesting itself. But if Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He's knowing this word that frees you from it. That's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, that I constantly pray for you, that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. So you know the hope of your calling, who God has made you, who God has made you. You are not ordinary. That which is born of the flesh is, and that which is born of the spirit is, you, the new person inside of you is different. If you allow the old one and believe contrary to God's word, then you have given the old self and Satan an access into your life to operate. But once you understand the truth, That's why Jesus says the truth will make you free. Once you understand the truth and you abide in the truth, by and by, those things, it's like Jesus crossing the tree. You just wait there after a while. It's no longer part of you. You are being transformed from glory to glory. That's what this word is. I firmly believe this. It was a real freedom for me. Because, you know, when you listen to theologians, they will tell you, uh, I'm really going out of my notes, but they 
Romans chapter 7. Have you read Romans chapter 7? Romans chapter 7. And it tells when I want to do right, evil is present with me. And you know, the good that I ought to do, I don't do it. Have you read that? And theologians always tell us, well, that's who we are. I beg to differ. That's not what, the, that's not what that scripture says. And we need to go there very quickly so, you know, we disabuse our minds from that kind of thinking. That's not what the scripture says. And let's go to that scripture of Romans chapter 7. Read, read verse 5. That's the key. Were we there? Romans 7 verse 5. For when we were, what does that say? From when we were in the flesh, the sinful passion which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. Paul was talking about the time when we were. Not now. Where means <laughs> we used to be. But now we are no longer in the flesh. According to his word, right? When we were in the flesh, that's when the motions of sins reigned in our mortal bodies. But we are no longer, and if you read Romans chapter 8, he says you are not in the flesh. (laughs) That's a strange word to say because I still see your flesh, right? But in God's mind, you are no longer in the flesh. We have been freed from that. And until we believe the truth and accept the truth and act on the truth, we will constantly feel that sense of condemnation and not being right, not being worthy, not being able to accomplish good, great things for God. We relegate it to others, but everyone is the same. We all start in the same place. We just need to understand what the word says. So we have been made free from sin. Dead people don't sin. That's the way it says No dead person sins. And this is what the Bible says. Romans 6 verse 1 and 2. For what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know, he says certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? If you die, you can't sin. How you are dead, dead people don't sin. That's what he's saying. The old man that could respond to sin is dead. If you, somebody is dead and I, you know, pinch the individual and he says, whoo, that hurts. I'm getting out of the room. You know, because you're supposed to be dead. You're not supposed to respond. That's what he's saying. The grace of God has freed us from that. We are truly dead to sin. And Paul says, consider yourself, reckon yourself dead indeed to sin. That's how you get free. That's how you can be free. That's how your mind doesn't race with all kinds of crazy thoughts going through your head. And you are not at peace. Amen. That's how you can be free. And don't feel like you have to confess every day and ask God to forgive you because things are racing in your head like crazy. You know? But you can be totally free and when temptation comes, you know this is temptation and you have a choice. Whether you need to listen to this or you don't want to go there. And sometimes you can prepare yourself beforehand because that's what the Bible tells us. 
that Rehoboam sinned against God or did that which was evil before God because he did not prepare his heart beforehand to follow God. You can prepare yourself beforehand. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did that, right? Remember? They made up their minds, we are not going to bow regardless. If you kill us, you got to kill us. If you want to kill us, you're going to kill us. But they had the grace of God, they made up their minds, they are not going there. Everybody can bow, but not us. We're not doing it. You think it was their own strength? No, it was the grace of God. It was God's grace on their life. And that same grace is available to every one of us today. Even in a more powerful way. Because of the blood of Jesus. That's all we're speaking. That blood is alive today. That blood of Jesus is alive today and is still cleansing people today. People can be changed, transformed. Murderers can be transformed where they wonder, who was that that was doing all of that stuff? That wasn't me. Where did that man come from? They are new, soft. You remember some, is it Tucker Fane? A lady that was uh, killed in there. You remember the lady after he changed? Everybody felt, and you look at her, he, she couldn't be that person. Because she was truly transformed. When she was, when she, uh, they executed her, I wept. I was very hurt by it. Uh, because I could tell by looking at her, her, her reaction, the joy. That's not that woman. <laughs> it couldn't be. Amen. Amen. That's the transforming power of the grace of God. All we have to do is believe this thing with all of our hearts. If we believe, the reason I'm speaking the message today because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why I was encouraging people. Because Jesus said, you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. As you hear the message, God is cleansing you right now and empowering you because the words that we speak from the word of God, they are spirit and they are life. And Romans chapter 8 says, it's the word of faith which we preach. As we preach the word of faith, the word of faith as we preach it, because I believe the word, the word of faith goes from the, what you hear, it goes into your heart, read Romans chapter 8, and it comes into your mouth. That's why I need you to confess, I'm no longer party with that same thing. I am not a sinner. I was a sinner, but I'm not a sinner. Jesus lives in me. Jesus can't live in you and you be a sinner. That doesn't make sense. But we need to believe the truth. Jesus said, if you believe, if you can only believe, he who loves me keeps my word. His words are this, that when he frees you, You are free indeed. You keep his word and you believe his word. You honor him when you believe his word. When he's talking tonight, but when you read in uh, John chapter 17, and Jesus was praying to his father, he said, you gave me the word. The words that you've given me, I have given to them. And he said, they have believed what I've given to them. That's amazing. For you, it may not do, but to me, it makes me a lot. He was satisfied that we received the words he had to give to them from his father. And he says, what you gave to me, I gave to them. And now they have believed that I came from you. And I'm going back to you. And he says, keep them. I kept them while I was in the world. Now I'm living. 
but keep them in your name. Through your truth, your word is the truth. He keeps us through his word. He keeps us away from, the, when Jesus said keep them from the evil one, he's saying, so sin wouldn't touch their lives and corrupt them. That's what he's saying. I kept them. Amen? And he's still keeping us today. He wants us totally free. And I speak that for all of us. Because as we speak, the word of God cleanses us and empowers us. And sin, the power of sin is broken in us, in our lives. So that we can serve him and our minds are not racing. And we're constantly fighting and fighting and fighting. It's a lot more to do than to be struggling against sin all the time. Huh? We got to win souls, right? <laughs> Amen. If you keep struggling against this one thing, it's going to stop you from it. God wants us free. We are the light of the world. Amen? So that the world can see. Not that we never make mistakes or sin, but we don't practice sin. He's not part of us. And you feel very uncomfortable when you're doing something that's not part of you. It's like you're acting and some, you're looking mean from the outside. Why am I doing this? You go back to your father. He cleanses you. That's why I understand the scriptures. If, you, if, if we sin, if we confess our sins, he forgives us, right? And he, he says God is faithful and just to forgive us. And what? He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So by the time he's through with cleansing you, <laughs> you don't feel like that anymore. You're totally free. Amen. I believe that. I know you believe that. We should all believe that. We should have no consciousness of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. He's freed us from it. Let's believe we are not sinners. Don't believe that lie. And anybody that tells you anything, if it brings some kind of suggestion in your mind that says, well, if that's the case, then maybe I can do this, don't listen to that person. Amen? Don't. Don't ever go back to what God has freed you from and to pull, pull, pull it into your life. Because he'll, he'll take a hold of your life even in a stronger way. You will really need help after that. So watch how we hear. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. The words, what I was spoken tonight, they've been of a great help to me as I understand the scriptures. And uh, when battle comes, this is where I go. This is my life. I go to those scriptures. God, this is what I want. I can be a part of that. If bitterness starts suggesting anger or whatever, this is where I go. I am free. This is not me. So I, my, your life can be consistent. And people know and buy for you. I don't believe that. Do you understand what I'm saying? They know who you are. Because God has been living in your life. And showing himself strong. What I want us to do tonight is to honor him. By not praying. But telling God I believe your word. I accept it. I believe your word. I accept it for me. That's honor to him because he's done a mighty work for us. He's done what do for us. He really puts everything to this primary just to make us free. So we have no fear. 
If there's fear in your life tonight, you need to get rid of it. Because it's not of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We have received the spirit of adoption. Not the spirit of fear, which is the spirit of bondage. So you can't be afraid of anything. No matter what's happened in your past, this is a new day. I declare it to be a new day in your life in Jesus' name. This is a new day. A new day of peace. A new day of righteousness. A new day of freedom in your life towards God. Because He's there with you constantly. He never leaves you. You are very, very precious to Him. He's not through with you yet. He's still walking the shine out of you. He wants it out so the world can see it. You're special to Him, every one of you here. And I speak those words in His name. And so shall it be. Amen? Just tell Him tonight, God, I accept, I accept your word. Just as it is. It's for me. It's mine. I honor you by accepting what you've given to me. This is little. That's all I can do, God. can do more than that. But to accept what you've given is the truth. I'm free. I'm free. Sin cannot have dominion over me. Sin is not allowed to reign over my life. Sickness is not allowed to reign over my life. I'm free. Yes, you took the, pride, the punishment for me so that I can be free. No oppression. Satan cannot oppress me. I'm free. God, free me totally. I accept your word. I accept your word. I'm free. Your word says I shall know the truth. And the truth will make me free. I'm free. You are the truth. You have freed me. And I'm free indeed. Say it tonight. I am free indeed. I'm free indeed. That's your word, God. We are free indeed. We have passed from darkness into your marvelous light. We've come into light. There is no darkness in us anymore because your light is shining in our lives and nothing can put out that light. It's bright. It's shining brighter. It's shining brighter. With favor from God. With grace from God. We reign through grace. Yes, He's here with us. He's here with us. Our God. He's loved us so much. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We're free. We're free tonight. We can't free ourselves, but you freed us. And we give you glory. We give you praise. Satan knows it. The host of hell, they know it. We're free. We're free. You freed us. Thank you, Jesus. We have your righteousness. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. God bless you.